Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, September 19th, 2022. I am Dave Biddle. I'm very happy to be joined by Steve Hellwagon. Feels like it was just a few hours ago, Steve, that I was talking to you on a live podcast because it was burning the midnight oil the other night on our live podcast after the game. Um, we're not going to get too much into the, into the Toledo game again. I'm going to ask you just kind of broad strokes how you feel like they've looked after three games. Um, Big Ten play is a, has arrived, will arrive this week, I should say, with Wisconsin coming to town. Um, do you feel like Ohio State, how do you feel like they've played through three games? Do you feel like they're ready for Big Ten play? Just get into all that for me, if you would. Well, unlike many of their Big Ten brethren, they've played three games and won big three, three, won three games, easy for me to say. Uh, it's been really a, a depressing non-conference, I think, for the Big Ten when you think about some of the games – uh, that they've lost and some of the teams that that Big Ten teams have lost to. That's been uh, what's what's been really troubling, I think. And yet, you know, the same thing is true. People ask me, well, is this going to hurt Ohio State's profile or whatever for the playoff? I'm like, hey, you know, Texas A&M losing, Auburn losing doesn't help Alabama. So, you know, it's the same thing kind of cuts both ways for all the other contenders as well. But in terms of Ohio State, yes, I feel like this team is ready. Uh, for Big Ten play. Uh, I would like it a little better if Travion Henderson was 100% healthy. I think uh, you got to be able to run the football in the Big Ten, and probably not so much in September and October, but maybe more when they get into November when the conditions to throw the football may be uh, not quite as uh, good as they are right now. But, uh, yeah, I, I like where the team is at. Defensively, they did give up three touchdowns to Toledo, but Toledo is a little bit of a unique team with an outstanding run pass quarterback with Daquan Finn. 
he uh, he did the things I kind of feared that he would, which was break contain. Uh, he uh, got outside, got around the defense for an 18-yard run, and then uh, threw the 50-yard touchdown pass where he broke contain again. And it's like, um, you know, the Knowles defense, they're going to take some chances at times and sell out and do some different things that leaves them a little bit vulnerable. And I think that's what we've seen uh, in the first three games. I think it didn't help, obviously, to have two safeties starting for the first time uh, this year with Ransom, although Ransom's played a lot, and uh, Cam Martinez as well. And then uh, you get beyond that, um, you know, not having my call in there, I thought made a a tremendous difference as well at times. But – yeah, I'd, I'd say this team is ready. Um, I mean, no one's throwing it uh, with any more efficiency than Ohio State right now. And uh, nobody has as many potential game-breaking wide receivers as Ohio State does right now. You may be able to contain one of those guys, but not all three of them at once. And, uh, you know, uh, to get Smith the Jigba back, I, I look for him to to have a big uh, showing in Big Ten play. So, yeah, I, I'd say this team's ready to go. And, C.J. Stroud, just uh, good, good that he's wearing the scarlet and gray, Dave. He is bar none the best player in college football right now. Well, let's just jump ahead to that. I was going to ask you about that. We'll get. I'm going to ask you about Wisconsin in a minute. I was, that, that was going to be the next thing. Let's just jump into this. So um, he's the most accurate quarterback in Ohio State history, and I'm not breaking news there, and there's been some accurate quarterbacks. I had somebody on the post-game podcast ask me, well, what about Joe Germain? I know the game's changed. We all love Joe Germain, and he was accurate. But I, I looked it up. I mean, Joe Germain's – um career completion percentage was 59.9 percent uh cj stroud's career 72.2 percent this year it's at 72.9 percent and and the game's changed you know there's a lot more you know easier passes with the crossing routes and if you're playing in a ryan day offense that's a quarterback friendly offense i get all that but he fits that ball into tight windows stroud does unbelievably um consistently it's like he does it once or twice a game all the time you're like I can't believe he just made that throw um and the quick release I had a you know we have a source that we're going to quote in the boarding house today that I love how he put it he said he throws the ball with the ease that you and I would throw darts that's what it looks like if we're at a bar throwing darts that's what it looks like how just effortless he is he just puts it on a dime the most accurate quarterback I've seen I just cannot be more impressed with what we're seeing out of CJ Stroud Yeah, there were several throws on Saturday where it was just like this is an NFL quarterback. He threw down the seam to uh, Cade Stover over the defender. may have been a linebacker trying to track uh, Cade Stover down the seam, and he fitted in perfectly. I mean, they were running side by side, and it was only where Cade Stover could get it. He made a great play. The touchdown to Marvin Harrison is out here where only Marvin Harrison can get it. You know, you call it the back shoulder throw and that was perfect uh he was rolling out the one that the you're describing what i saw on the rollout he's rolling out about to go out of bounds and he curls around toward the line of scrimmage and then just kind of flicks it he doesn't doesn't take his arm and try and gun it in there he just kind of flicks it into julian fleming who somehow you know there's a lot of dispute whether that was a, a catch or not but We'll go with it. Uh, you know, they called it a touchdown. It was weird on the field. No one really could see anybody make a signal. And the, the whole nobody in the crowd got excited until the band started playing and they started to run to go line up for the extra point. And I think finally 
they got the idea. My God, they're calling that a touchdown. So yes, it was a weird, it was a weird segment. And then uh, the one over the uh, the safety number twenty three for uh, Toledo tried to jump up and, and and catch the one ball. That's that drill that they do at the summer camp where they put up the thing and you got to throw the ball into the basket over a fence. They have a fence set up and you've got to throw it into either into a basket or to somebody standing on the other side of the fence. And it's like 25 yards downfield. That's that exact throw that I saw them working on with the high school kids back in June at the summer camp. And either you can make that throw or you can't. It's funny watching these nine ninth and 10th grade kids out there trying to throw it over this fence to get to the guy on the other side of the fence and uh, to throw a perfect ball, basically. That's what you have to do at this level to win. And I'll just say it's good having that guy on your team because he is, I think, right now the best player in college football. And he showed it again, I think, on Saturday. And guess what? Wisconsin's next. Let's get into it. Yeah, man, I, th- I think – the only thing that could hold him back from winning the Heisman is if he gets hurt. You know, if he misses like multiple games, um, or he starts making thing. mistakes out of nowhere that that he's not going to make. So, right, because yeah. you said, I mean, you know, we talk so much, and I'm guilty of it too. We talk so much when we talk about quarterbacks about arm strength, and you have to have that. But like you, ha- you have to have touch. Accuracy is paramount, and yeah, you talk about that drill. I mean, that's that's a touch drill. I mean, you have to have both. You have to be able to have those finesse throws in addition to be able to gun it in there and know when to kind of, you know, take a little bit off, but not like lob it in there. So he just, he's so good at all of that. Um, his anticipation, he, he's, you know, while he doesn't run, run, you know, scramble a lot, he's good in the pocket. Ryan Day's mentioned that a lot. He'll buy himself time, step up, you know, slide. Yeah, you nailed it. I mean, he's the best player in college football. He's going to win the Heisman unless he gets hurt. I want to throw in there yeah. uh, what they talked about after the game. I don't think anybody was happy with how they played against Arkansas State, uh, just some inconsistency issues or whatever. And they worked as hard last week as they have in a long time in a game week. And, uh, you know, on Wednesday we were there for the interview, supposed to start at 6 or 6.15. It wasn't until like 6.45 or something they put an extra half hour in on the field that day. And those guys were dragging ass coming off the field. I mean, they were they, – they were – that they'd been worked pretty hard on that win. So many guys were banged up for the game, probably, right? Yeah. They were practicing extra. Yeah. yeah. But to me, that that shows what this team will extend itself to get better in a week when they're trying to play Toledo, you know, and they know the result is already determined. Um, that uh, they they were uh, working extra hard to perfect their systems and get ready for Big Ten. Yeah, they're ready for the Big Ten. Is the Big Ten ready for Ohio State? That's that's the question. Because I thought these games like Wisconsin, Iowa, Northwestern, I thought at the beginning of the year, look, my God, these three crossovers look like they're going to be hard. And and now all three of those teams have been completely embarrassed. And it's like, Jesus, criminy, what's going on? Let's get into another great segue, my friend. Um, so Wisconsin does not look very good. Now, maybe Washington State's better than we think. Maybe they'll end up being like a top 25 team, barely. Who knows? Probably not. Um, but still, you can't lose to Washington State at home. I mean, you're ranked 19th, Wisconsin was, and you lose at home. No offense. They've got a really good running back, obviously, as always. But they, you better have a dynamic quarterback to, to even stay close to Ohio State, and they don't have that or a great defense like Notre Dame did where Ohio State 
you know. I think if Ohio State played Notre Dame again, they'd blow them out, but whatever. Um, you better have a dynamic quarterback to stay, you know, up with this Ohio State offense the way they're playing right now. Um, and Wisconsin doesn't have that. That's that's always been their problem. Graham Mertz is a pocket passer who's not even that good of a pocket passer. No threat to run back there, at least not much of a threat. Um, but you know Wisconsin's going to come ready to play. They're, they're, they're a, Jim Leonard's a good defensive coordinator. They're tough. Um, I like Ohio State in this game, but um, – what do you think of this matchup, Steve? Buckeyes favored by 18 points. Yeah, Paul Christ, uh, the coach there, um, they're going to make Ohio State earn it. I don't think Christ has been a, the coach at Wisconsin when they've beaten Ohio State. It would have been uh, Brett Bielema, I guess, back in 2010. Uh, is that the la- That's the last time uh, they've beat him. I think Ohio State's won eight straight in the series uh, with Wisconsin since that uh, victory, including, what would it be, three – maybe four wins in the Big Ten championship over uh, Wisconsin. So, uh, you know, uh, Ohio State's won uh, the last five home games against Wisconsin, dating all the way back to 2004 when uh, Jim Tressel was the coach. And that may have been Bielema's first year. And uh, he pulled out all the stops. I think he ran a fake punt and did all kinds of different uh, wacky stuff then uh, for them to pull out that win. Uh, Wisconsin, um, I'm not going to dump on Mertz entirely. He's starting to starting to do a little bit there with the offense. He's thrown for a higher percentage. He's got uh, Chimere DK, who has come on at wide receiver, and Clay Cundiff at tight end a little bit. Marcus Allen is another wide receiver. So they're starting to throw the football a little bit better. Uh, they're averaging 260 yards passing per game. And uh, I think they had the second most passing yards uh, in the Christ era this past week. Uh, they completely uh, annihilated New Mexico State 66-7. to But uh, going back to the one game that matters, Washington State, they lose at home 17-14. to They outgained Washington State something like 400-250, to but they had three really bad turnovers, including one of them, uh, Clay Cundiff, this really promising tight end. He fumbled in the red zone with five minutes to go. They were going in to take the lead or at least tie the game on a field goal. And the defense was unable to get off the field. Washington State uh, turned and kept it for the final five minutes of the game and ran the clock out and got out of Madison with a 17-14 to 14 win, which Madison's a very tough place to play, obviously, with yeah, the crowd is. and everything. So uh, I think they've only lost two of their last 47 or something non-conference home games. So that, uh, that'll tell you. Uh, you know, what Washington State was able to do. So, you know, some questions about Wisconsin, but uh, we know they're going to be rugged. We know they're going to be physical. And I think what Ohio State did to Toledo and Ohio State did to Arkansas State, you can kind of put that out of your mind. And this is going to be a four-quarter game, or at least the mainline players are going to have to play three-and-a-half quarters as opposed to, you know, two quarters, maybe one series and grab a ball cap type thing. It, it, it's going to be a full four quarter game. So you have to reprocess your mind a little bit that uh, just showing up at the stadium does not ensure victory. And there've been a lot of crazy things that have happened in college football this year already, as we've seen some of these results and uh, you let a team linger and you let a team stick around like Wisconsin, very prideful program. Uh, then, uh, you know, things, goofy things can happen. So I think it's important on Ohio State to start fast, establish the run. And again, we don't know if Travion Henderson is going to be available or not, but Mayan Williams 
man, he was running with authority again this past week, and uh, he's a good one to have on your side. So, uh, you know, defensively, uh, I don't think Wisconsin's going to challenge Ohio State's defense. I would be surprised if Wisconsin scores more than 20 points in this game. Uh, not, you know, just not sure how that would happen unless they really let down and Braylon Allen has a huge game running the ball. I, I just don't know how how that would be. But, uh, you know, I, I, I look for, you know, the line 17 points. And I was kind of like, you know, maybe, you know, if Ohio State scores late, that's what it ends up. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Ohio State just swamps them. That's what happened the last time they played at the Horseshoe, 38-7. to Chase Young just dismantled. Uh, Wisconsin, I think he had four sacks in that game, and that was the one that put him on Heisman watch, uh, really, that that one single game. So, uh, you know, d- does Ohio State have a one-man wrecking crew like that? We're waiting on JT Tui-Maloa to be that guy, and he's getting close. He's there. He's in the quarterback's face, but uh, still waiting on his first sack. It was good to see Sawyer get one. And uh, Javante Jean-Baptiste had a couple this past week as well, although well after the game had been decided, too. Tyleek Williams should have had one. I don't know how he didn't get credited for a sack. He took the offensive lineman and threw the offensive lineman back into the quarterback. He gave it to Jack Sawyer. I don't know. I don't know. Tyleek Williams. That should have been Tyleek Williams' sack. I thought they announced Jack Sawyer. I'm like, I thought Tyleek Williams was the – nearest guy but whatever. i rewatched the game yeah just make sure i wasn't going crazy i mean, had it in my notes and talked about it i mean if you take your offensive lineman and you shove him back into the quarterback so hard that the quarterback falls down and that's a sack you should get credited for a sack on that i think they just screwed up on that yeah um, the statisticians are human too um, yeah all right let's get into this i know we've had people well, you need a, from where we're sitting in the press box dave you need a hubble telescope to figure out what's going on down there I, well it's funny you say that i described as sitting in the press box at ohio state like watching the game from the moon um but <laughs> it's also a bit of a comedy club so you know there's good and there's free food so there's you know a little give and take you know not a really great view of the game but you know some free food and sitting around lots of uh of my friends um who are very very funny yeah, we have yourself. our little inside jokes up there. We do have some inside jokes. We do. We're going to keep them inside. All right. So injury updates for the Buckeyes. Obviously, Ryan Day doesn't like talking about this too much. He said after the game that Travion Henderson's injury was precautionary. But as you mentioned, you saw him in a, in a walking boot um, leaving the locker room. Um, now, Mayan Williams is not banged up for those that know. They just – after Travion got banged up, Ryan Day sitting there thinking, I already lost Evan Pryor for the year. Um, now Travion's banged up. They didn't know his status. He wanted to get Mayan over there and bubble wrap to make sure he's ready to go for Wisconsin. I liked what I saw out of Dallin Hayden and walk on TC Caffey. Um, but get into the inj- injuries, not just um, Henderson, but um, do you think we're going to see a full load for JSN and Fleming? Um, what are you hearing about Jordan Hancock? What about McAllister and Proctor? A lot to unpack there, Steve. Yeah, uh, well, Henderson was spotted in a walking boot, left foot, could be a foot or an ankle. And, you know, he butted heads with somebody on a run right before the touchdown. Then the touchdown was a really tough and rugged run, seven yards, kind of over right tackle, cut back, hit two, three times, twisted, turning, and may have done something to his left ankle or foot on that play. And uh, they were they sent him to the locker room immediately, perhaps to get retaped or to, to to get examined by the trainers or whatever, and he was done. So 
I, you know, we'll see. I'm sure we'll get uh, a lot kind of like the Smith, the Jigba thing this past week where uh, we're hoping to have him and uh, we'll see, but I doubt he does a whole lot all week. So, you know, what, what percentage would he even be for this game against Wisconsin? Uh, my guess is he'll try and make a go of it and, and see, see how his ankle or foot is responding. But uh, that's one. I think Smith, the Jigba and Fleming are completely healthy. Uh, they went through warmups, looked like they were great. Uh, somebody did say Smith, the Jigba may not have been running that great at the end of the game, but some of that could be just trying to shake the rust off as well. You know, having not played that that's hard on a guy to get back out there and go through that physicality for the first time in several weeks. Cause you know, they weren't jostling him around in practice a whole lot leading up to that. So, uh, that's important. My call junior and Proctor and McAllister were all, quote, available, just were healthy scratches, it sounds like, because maybe they have a little nick here or whatever, and they just decided, uh, you know, it's Toledo. Let some other people play and uh, save those guys for Big Ten. So, yeah, I think uh, I think they're generally, you know, three games in. These are the kind of things you have, a guy here, a guy there but nobody who's out for the season. Hancock just has never gotten healthy. It doesn't seem like J.K. Johnson is the next man up right now at cornerback. And, uh, you know, man, that was a mixed bag for Burke and uh, Brown. I mean, um, I don't know what to say on the Brown play. He seemed to be leaning to the outside, and the Toledo receiver took him to the post and uh, didn't have any help over the top from a safety. And that could be because there was a new starter at the, the free safety position who didn't realize that he had over the top on that. And the guy was 10 yards wide open on that post. And then the Brown play or the, uh, the Burke play, uh, the quarterback broke contain, rolled out to the left sideline and kept the play alive. And I'll give Burke a little bit of a pass there. He'd already been covering for five seconds or longer, but he lost complete uh, – vision of what was going on and gave up a big pass touchdown uh not optimum but you know maybe a, a half of a pass on that but uh and those guys got to play better because i don't know that wisconsin's going to be the team that exploits it but somebody along the line is going to going to be able to throw the football you know with the ability to exploit some of this and you know the Knowles defense has been I would give it a B plus, A minus, but there, there are some vulnerabilities in here at, at various points, and uh, Ohio State's got to get that short up. All right, last thing here. Um, I did not see this coming, and I, I, was, I thought I was high on Cade Stover coming into the season because I thought he was going to be just a really good blocker. We saw him in the Rose Bowl. I mean, he, he might not have known always what he was supposed to do. Um, of course, I don't, the, the defensive coaches didn't know what they were supposed to do last year. Um, and I wish that was a joke, but he was going to hit, he was going to hit you. He still played well at linebacker in that Rose Bowl. So I was confident Kate Stover as a starting tight end was going to be a good blocker. Maybe he'd, you know, average one or two catches per game. Man, he's already got eight catches. A lot of them way down the field, averaging 17.7 yards per catch. He's on pace. Wait for it to go over 30 receptions this year. He'd be the first one since Ben Hartsock in 2003. Every year we joke, Steve, is this going to be the year Ohio State's tight end goes over 30 touchdowns or goes over 30, that'd be a lot, 30 receptions uh, or gets to 30 receptions. No one talked about that this year. Cade Stover looks like a beast. He's blocking like I thought he would. I'd be lying if I said I thought he'd step up like a receiver like this, though. 
Yeah. And Kevin Wilson, after the game, admitted they tried to get your guy G. Scott one as well. And uh, he was covered and he dumped it off uh, maybe to Ballard. It was the Ballard touchdown. They were trying to uh, to get it to uh, to uh, G. Scott on that. And he gave it to Ballard instead. But, uh, you know, um, Kate Stover is a football player. He was a running back and I think a linebacker in high school, Lexington, and was a uh, Mr. Football Award winner because he was so good on both sides of the ball. Beat up Mayan Williams. Mayan Williams was the runner-up that year. Yeah, how about that? They've got the the two best players from Ohio that year playing for the Buckeyes, and that's always a good thing. Um, I think that uh, Stover is a natural with the ball in his hands, obviously. It was just the idea of having to catch it downfield in coverages and different things like that. He struggled a little bit with some drops a couple times earlier in his career, but now he's really starting to embrace the route running and uh, catching the football. I'm sure he's worked on the jugs machine and different things like that to get uh, his, uh, his catching down. And he's a weapon. There's no doubt about it. And if you are an opposing defensive coordinator and you have to account for Henderson running the football, Henderson catching the football out of the backfield, Williams running over dudes, Plus the three wide receiver positions, and now they're showing you the tight end as well. The most accurate quarterback that we've ever seen. Exactly. Pick more poison. I think some of this was done by design. They handed the ball off to the fullback on the one yard line. Uh, the quarterback kept it and ran the ball once. So they are showing people a lot of different wrinkles that they're going to have to account for. And, uh, you know, when you do that, it slows the pass rush down a little bit and uh, just changes the, changes the, the viewpoint, I think, for the quarterback. So, hey, if Cade Stover is there as the security valve in Big Ten play, they're going to win a lot of football games dumping the ball off to that guy and, and put themselves in position to win a lot of football games. I'll say it that way. That's what we're here for. Great stuff out of Steve Hellwagon. Really appreciate it, Steve. Thank you to all of the listeners and viewers. Appreciate you guys very much. Thanks again to Steve. Thanks to all of you. Hope everyone has a great rest of your day. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.